What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Showcase Sports Show. I am your co-host, Griffin Conant. Alongside me, as always, my partner in crime, Elijah Cornejo. How you doing, E? I'm doing well, Griff. We took a couple episodes off. Now we're back, ready to get after it with some NBA coverage, talking about some college basketball and March Madness coming up. Next week, we're going to get into an NFL free agency preview and start breaking down some of the draft stuff. Yeah, can we talk about how crazy sports have been the last couple weeks that we were not on the air? I mean, what is going on? I mean, so many things are happening. Tiger Woods gets in a car accident. J.J. Watt is an Arizona Cardinal. And there are scandals galore all over the sports scene. Yeah, no kidding. You have scandals from NBA players like Miles Leonard. You have a college football <laughs> coach, a uh, right. Les Miles, going down with the ship at Kansas. You name the you name the sport, we can find a scandal for it. Well, let's get started with the first scandal of the day out of the NBA. Myers Leonard, player for the Miami Heat, uh, idiot of the week. By yep, the way, we've already he's already been nominated. He's already won the award for idiot of the week. Yep, he is our elected idiot of the week. He was caught on a Twitch stream playing a video game, um, and he came out and said an anti-Semitic slur. I'm sure most of our listeners have heard it by now. He was just. I don't know if you call it trash talking, whatever. He was on the mic and talking about getting sniped he, by a, another player. And he chose to use an anti-Semitic slur on a Twitch stream, which, you know, at this point, what can you ask for? That was just, uh, you know, what are you doing? Yeah, not a good look for Mr. Leonard. I, I must say so myself. I, he was like a little 12-year-old boy getting mad in like a gaming lobby It was uh, a, in Call of Duty. I, what game was it? Do we know what game he was playing? I'm not totally sure, but I do Where's feel... Our, Where's our research guy? We need him to look that up real quick. I feel like it was a flashback to my middle school days when we were on the Xbox 360. That's right. It felt like an Xbox 360 game chat. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I mean, the backlash was so insane towards Myers Leonard. He, you know, eventually had to write a written apology, and this is what he said about it. I am deeply sorry for using an anti-Semitic slur during a live stream yesterday. While I didn't know what the word meant at the time, my ignorance about its history and how offensive it is to the Jewish community is absolutely not an excuse. And I was just wrong. I am now more aware of its meaning and I am committed to properly seeking out people who can help educate me about this type of hate and how we can fight it. I acknowledge and own my mistake and there's no running from something like this that is so hurtful to someone else. This is not a proper representation of who I am, and I want to apologize to the Arisons, my teammates, coaches, front office, and everyone associated with the Miami Heat organization, to my family, to our loyal fans, and to others in the Jewish community who I have hurt. I promise to do better and know that my future actions will be more powerful than my use of this word. Wow. Pretty lengthy apology there from Myers Leonard regarding the situation. Not to mention, Julian Edelman got in on it. Uh, trying to educate everybody about the situation. He even penned a letter regarding the whole Myers-Leonard anti-Semitic slur. Yeah, and this would not be the first time that Julian Edelman has spoken up about a anti-Semitic slur being used. You know, he did that previously with someone else, and now he's penning an open letter to Myers-Leonard, and here's what it says. And I quote, an open letter to Myers-Leonard. So we've never met I hope we can one day soon. I'm sure you've been getting lots of criticism for what you said. Not trying to add to that. I just want to offer some perspective. I get the sense that you didn't use that word out of hate, more out of ignorance. 
Most likely, you weren't trying to hurt anyone or even profile Jews in your comment. That's what makes it so destructive. When someone intends to be hateful, it's usually met with great resistance. Casual ignorance is harder to combat and has greater reach, especially when you command great influence. Hate is like a virus. Even accidentally, it can rapidly spread. I'm down in Miami fairly often. Let's do a Shabbat dinner with some friends. I'll show you a fun time. J.E. So and so that was the whole letter Did there. Call him J E. I've never way? heard that. I that's, don't know. Yeah, that's a first for me. But uh, regarding you know, Julian Edelman, but you, yeah, J E. There. You know, good for Julian Edelman. You know, he's not coming at him back with hate. Um, I think he's taking a very constructive role here, trying to educate Myers Leonard. And you know what? I, I do think he's right. I do not think that you know Myers Leonard intended to hate on the Jewish community. I think he was just being you know dumb and. and ignorant honestly just like julian edelman said you know i i think edelman's attacking it in the right way now here's another guy michael rapaport okay we're gonna play a clip here of a video that he posted about this incident he does not quite take them uh the nicest route here like julian edelman did and offer him to take him to dinner that's right uh he goes a little bit more of a harsher route yeah this is the exact opposite approach of what julian edelman (laughs) is attempting to do here uh here's the clip Real quick, before we play that, we do have to give out a warning. There is multiple expletive <laughs> language used in this Michael, video here. Michael is very vulgar. He does. He drops multiple F-bombs. Uh, so if you're not comfortable with that, I would definitely skip ahead a few minutes here into our episode. But here we go. Myers Leonard. Um, bunch of things to discuss on this. First of all, I'm full Jew, Ashkenazi Jew. 100% not 93 that 94, 100% uncut Ashkenazi Jew. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this. Um, you goofy seven foot bleach blonde headed dumb funk. Um, I've never heard anybody say that word. Growing up in New York City, I was never called that word. I knew it existed. I actually have only been called that word on social media, in my DMs. Most of the time, the fucking idiots, the insurrectionists uh, that call me that word, the K word, spell it wrong. I've never heard anybody actually say it out loud who wasn't Jewish um, in a slang, in a derogatory way that you said. And that's not a word that um, we hear often. Jews, non-Jews, we're not desensitized from that word. That's not a slang that we hear every day. There's other words, the N word, uh, uh, the B word, the F word, all of which we hear uh, for different reasons, which I'm not gonna discuss here all the time. And we become desensitized from it. That K word, which I'm not gonna say here because I don't want this video to get taken down because I wanna make sure you hear this and everybody else hears this. That K word is like a gold antique. That's on the top of the antique uh, cabinet. Okay, and it gets taken down and used. And when it gets taken down and used, it stabs you in the heart. It's like an infected needle stabbing, stabbing you in the heart. Um, I want an apology on video. Okay, fuck your written explanation. Okay, I want an apology on video, motherfucker. Okay, explaining yourself the same way you explained yourself. Uh, about uh, standing for the national anthem, which I think was very heartfelt and made sense to me. I remember talking about it on my podcast. Um, I also want um, Mickey Aronson, 
the owner of the Miami Heat, who I believe is Jewish, to cut your fucking dumb, goofy ass. You need to be cut. Uh, Adam Silver needs to suspend your dumb, goofy ass. He's Jewish. And um, you need to ingratiate, educate yourself in the uh, uh, long-standing Jewish community in Miami. Uh, some of which are uh, American Jews, some of which are uh, European Jews, a lot of Latin American Jews. People are like, oh, what do you, what do you mean Latin American Jews? Yeah, there's Cuban Jews, uh, a big community in Miami of Cuban Jews. Um, and you need to do better. You're a filthy animal for saying what you said. I don't accept that bullshit apology. I need you to put your fucking face in your stupid bleach blonde hair. I need you to put your fucking self on video, explain yourself from the bottom of the of your heart the same way you did about not standing for the national anthem i want the same vigor with which you uh, uh said the word playing video games playing video games you fucking dummy and explain yourself and apologize and then re-educate and reprogram yourself okay i don't accept that fucking apology so that was the clip from michael rapaport uh, wow like we said, a little bit harsher of a route than Julian Edelman. But quite honestly, it's well-deserved. You know, obviously Leonard cannot be saying these things. And it was really out of line. So, you know, if he gets an ass-chewing, that's exactly what he deserves. Um, and, and you know what? I do think he's right that he does need to be suspended by the NBA and even possibly cut. Because, you know, just nowadays, this social justice stuff, that it does not fly. You, you cannot say things like that and get away with it. It's just not right. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Jewish community is outraged. Uh, I think just the general public, be. I think the general public is upset about it, especially with all of these social justice things that have been going on throughout this year. And just everything that's just been going on. I think it's definitely deserved. And, you know, Julian Edelman was definitely very nice about it. He, uh, he was it, almost too nice about it. Yeah, I mean, Michael Rappaport really dug into Myers Leonard there and uh, let him have it, per se. But... Hey, props to Julian Edelman. I think his letter was very appropriate, and I think it provides an opportunity for Myers Leonard to learn from this moment. I know Myers Leonard, deep down, is probably a good guy, but you know, I think even if he takes that opportunity and hits uh, Julian Edelman up and goes and gets dinner with him in Miami or whatever, I think that's a good learning opportunity and a good educational opportunity for everybody involved. Well, we're on to the next scandal here, and it involves a former MLB baseball player. Former Red Sox outfielder, former Yankees outfielder, it's no other than Johnny Damon, and it seems like he is in some big trouble right now. Yeah, tough uh, tough time for Johnny Damon. He was just released from jail along with his wife. He was pulled over on a traffic stop for swerving lanes and bumping a curb and pulling past a stop sign. He didn't necessarily run it, but you, you, know, you know how there's a, that white yeah. line where you're supposed to stop? Well, apparently he stopped about 10 feet after that, so it was clear <laughs> that he did not break in time. Yeah, you can't um, do that, Johnny. You just exactly. can't do it. So he was pulled over in, in a traffic stop on... I believe February 19th, right around 1.23 a.m., he was pulled over uh, on the traffic stop and was taken out of the vehicle by the police officer. At that point, Johnny Damon's wife then proceeded to also get out of the car. And when the police officer told his wife to stop and get back in the car, she did not listen. She then kept you know, getting out of the car and starting to walk away, not listening to the police officer. Then Johnny Damon is caught on the body cam footage saying... 
just walk home, babe. Just go. Just walk home. I got this. Uh, and it was clear that they were both keep, intoxicated. Keeping the peace. I respect that from, yeah, well, from Johnny. Well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they're both quite intoxicated. It was clearly obvious. And so they were both arrested. And at one point during the video, um, there was some pushing and shoving going on. And it was it got enough where the officer's body uh, camera fell off. Um, wow. So, yeah, it, it was pretty intense. And Johnny Damon, it definitely looks to be uh, intoxicated while driving. So you can chalk that one up to a DUI and we'll start to hear about how that legal process is going to go down. Yeah, Johnny's a fan favorite. He's already, he's always been a fan favorite. He's always kind of been in that spotlight. I remember he was on Celebrity Apprentice a couple times uh, when Donald Trump was hosting it. Uh, so he's, he's always been kind of a likable guy. So this is real sad to see from someone like Johnny Damon going through something like this. Let's hope he's okay. It is really too bad. It's a pretty sad situation. So hopefully Johnny can continue to get his life back, you know, on track and make better decisions. That's for sure. That's another scandal for you. And just to finish off the trio of scandals, let's move on to college football. How about Les Miles? Yeah, Les Miles, he has been relieved of his duties as head coach of the University of Kansas football team. Did you know they've only won, actually, I think it's been 11 straight years that Kansas football has won less than three games. That's so sad. How bad is that? I, I don't think there's a coach in America that could turn that program into a powerhouse, or at least a respectable, you know, middle-of-the-pack, power-five program. I don't know. I, I It's almost like I think they're missing Mark Mangini. Remember Mark Mangini? Oh, my gosh. Yes, I do. Well, in, big honey himself he was the original big honey he was and you know what this the saddest part is about all of this is i i thought les miles was the best guy for the job when he got hired i mean that was a pretty big well, time hire for Kansas. not only that you thought the dude was a good guy like yeah. morally and and just how he goes along with his life turns out that's not the case for those of our listeners out there that don't know what happened with Les Miles, coach of the Kansas, or I guess former coach of the Kansas Jayhawks, and also former coach of the LSU Tigers, when he was at LSU, and I believe it was 2013, I think it says here, there were some accusations going around that he had inappropriate behavior towards some female students of um, or at LSU, including allegations that he contacted some of them via Facebook and text met up with them off campus alone, and he had kissed at least one of them. And so apparently they did an investigation at LSU when these accusations came up, and the report found out that he did not have any sexual relationships with any of the women. Miles strongly denied kissing the student, saying he didn't do anything wrong and that he was mentoring young women at the university. So... These are all, I guess, accusations, but nonetheless, I cannot imagine he was essentially fired from two universities if they were false. So this is a huge disaster, and, uh, you know, it's a real shame. Les Miles thought to be a good guy. Turns out he uh, (laughs) is really crossing some boundaries, you know. Well, that's the third person today that I thought was a good guy and they turn out that they're not good guys. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get real bummed out talking about these scandals, man. Yeah. It's really terrible. I mean, Les miles, former national champion at LSU used to be a coach at the university of Colorado, my school over there. So, you know, I, it's just sad. It's really a sad situation. It it sounds like he for sure was mentoring these women. So I, I don't think (laughs) 
Well, and I, not, mean, I, I don't think he's lying about that. I think maybe he was like, talking about a different kind of mentoring. I don't know. Now it's come out, though, that the athletic director has also stepped down. Yeah, that's, um, that's big news, too. I, I guess what has all come out now is those two were friends. And Mr. Long, who is the former athletic director now of the Kansas Jayhawks, um, they used to be buddies, him and Les Miles. They go way back to their days at Michigan, right. I guess, in the 80s. So, yeah, he hired him knowing that he thought he was a good guy and you know and especially with him stepping down who knows maybe uh, he knew about it and just decided to overlook it which is a real real shame yeah I mean when something like this happens to especially to a, to a school at the co- collegiate level I mean it's almost like you got to just wipe house I mean you almost got to start over blow the whole thing up it sounds like yeah Jeff Long the athletic director was pretty involved in the hiring process and like you said he knew Les Miles dating back to the 1980s so this is just unfortunate, and it's especially unfortunate for a school like Kansas who can't seem to buy a win. I mean, it'd be one thing if this kind of incident happened to an Alabama or an Ohio State or a Michigan, but it's happening to to Kansas, you know, probably the worst Power 5 college football team in the nation. So it's going to be even tougher for them to recover from this, and they're just pretty mediocre to, I mean, that's putting it nicely mediocre to uh, begin with. So it's it's a shame. Yeah, obviously we feel horrible for the victims of these accusations. Right, that, that too. Th- that's really terrible. But the players for the Kansas Jayhawks that came there because of Les Miles, I mean, I mean, this is something that's really overlooked a lot when these scandals do go down, is how it affects the student-athletes You know that they recruit and bring there. These essentially players, they positioned their life to go there and play for Coach Miles, and you know now he's not going to be there. So that really throws a wrench in their plans. So uh, my heart goes out to everybody that is affected by these uh, by this tragedy, really. Um, you know, even Les Miles' family, it's probably going to tear up his family pretty good, and, you know, yeah. it's really, really sad what's going on now. All right, enough of this scandal talk. Let's get down to it. Let's talk about the NBA. All-Star Weekend was over this last weekend. In my opinion, it was terrible. It's I think it's getting worse each year. It's so bad. It's, you know, I, I felt like usually I'm interested, at least in, like, the three-point competition and the skills competition. Don't even get me started about the dunk competition. Uh, No one even does that anymore. I I don't even know the names of of the players who partake in the dunk competition anymore. But what what were your thoughts on the All-Star Weekend? I know both of us didn't even watch it. We didn't even care. I I know Giannis, I think he went perfect from the floor in the actual All-Star game. He was the MVP of the game. I'm not sure if he even missed a shot. I don't think he did. I think he was 16 for 16 or something. Yeah, I'd like to know the stat of like how many of those were dunks because I think every shot attempted in that game were dunks. I don't know. What do you think? What were your thoughts on on the whole weekend in in general? It has got to be the worst product of any sport out there. (laughs) And it's simply because even though they did make it, both players, Damian Lillard and Steph Curry, they're literally pulling up from half court. Right. What are we watching? What are we doing? Why are hey, that, we wasting our time? That was kind of impressive. Time? That was probably the best part of the game. Oh, that was Damian God. Lillard and Steph Curry draining it from half court. They weren't even like, you know, usually got to like put a little more mustard on it and get you know kind of <laughs> your release points a little more at your chest and your stomach. They were like at their normal form. I mean, it, it's like they were just pulling up for an average three. And, well, I mean, Steph Curry, that is an average for yeah, three, is. you know, but... 
It's just ridiculous. The product is trash. You know, the players don't care. They don't try. They don't play defense. The dunk contest sucks. Ever since Blake Griffin dunked over a car, it sucked. After that, it's been awful. It was just bland to me. I mean, oh, wow, shocker. Steph Curry won the three-point contest. I know. know? God forbid the greatest shooter of all time. Right. You know what they need to do? Scrap the whole damn weekend and just run like a two-on-two tournament. Yeah. Oh, I think that would be so interesting. Dude, have like a 32-team tournament tournament of like and and have it like a whole draft thing just like you know like team lebron and whatever you know have that same thing like can you imagine if it was like russell westbrook and lebron and then bradley beal and you know i don't know bam Adebayo and Giannis and Jokic and like weird twos tournament you know right just like uh, to be perfectly honest with you jack harlow and uh quavo that that little two-on-two game that they played like the, <laughs> the rapper game yeah can that we was talk about much, that that was much more entertaining than anything from the all-star game so i i, I could have gone out there in that little celebrity game and won mvp <laughs> I, I saw quavo throw up a shot he shot it with like two hands Hey, well, hey, you know, two chains I, is quite the hooper. Yeah, actually. He, he was the he was the best player out there because he was a former college basketball did, player. Didn't he literally make an album that says, uh, "Do I go to the NBA or rap or something like yeah. that?" Yeah, something along yeah, yeah, those yeah. lines. He, Not totally familiar. So with he, it, yeah, but. he's a very talented guy. He could have gone either way there. He just chose to, you know, take his talents to the rap game. That has got to be the most ridiculous yeah. comment we've had today. I think so. Well, I, and and also, I, there was one point <laughs> in this game. Where all four of them were like on the floor, like trying to battle it out for like a jump ball. Like it was a loose ball. All four of them were like diving on it, and it looked like they were all just wrestling. Like Jack Harlow was like on top of Quavo, and Two Chains was on top of uh, that. Who else was in there? Was it Little Baby? Uh, I think it was Little Baby. Was it? I'm not totally sure. Someone I didn't looked even that watch up. the game. I need <laughs> to watch it. You know, there there has been one thing that I've been watching, and it's on YouTube. It's called the Crew League. Okay. Okay. And it has just got to be. It's about the same quality of the All-Star game, okay? The Crew League? Yeah, so it, it's got all of these rappers, okay? It has Sway Lee, Russ, uh, G Herbo, Lil Keed, uh, <laughs> Lil Mosey, Jack Harlow. All the Lils. Yeah, all, all of them. And uh, I don't know, they are all facing off and they all recruit like their players and it's ridiculous because in this you know uh in this league russ has recruited all former university of central florida basketball players so it's just like who's, who's russ are we talking about the musician russ, russ? the musician okay, yes yeah, yeah. Russ, not russell westbrook no, no, no okay russ the the musician he has recruited these ucf players these former <laughs> ucf players and it's just the most ridiculous product, but very entertaining. Check that out on yeah. YouTube. But, hey, this uh, sounds like a former partnership uh, with the the Crew League, yeah. the Showcase Sports Show, <laughs> the and crew the Crew League. League. Yeah, pretty Be on ridiculous the lookout for that. product. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was very similar stuff to that Quavo game, and very similar to the NBA All Star game because all of the the product is just garbage. Yeah. Well, I, I've got the box score pulled up here for the actual All Star game here. Steph Curry, he had twenty eight points, went eight of sixteen from three point range. Uh, Damian Lillard also went 8 of 16 from three-point range, 32 points. And, uh uh-oh, LeBron James, he went 2 for 7 from the floor, 0 for 3 from deep. Cause for some cause for some concern there, LeBron James. Dude, that that is just the worst product. We've just got to stop. I mean, there was 320 points scored in the whole game. So You know, sometimes I really wonder how the NBA is growing so much because I'm just like, wow, this is just baffling and how terrible it is. You know, the All-Star game is just brutal. 
So, yeah, you know, chalk that one up. All-Star Weekend, not great. Hopefully we're getting back to play here soon. And it, it has been quite an exciting season so far. It has. Hey, we're halfway through the season, which leads us to our next talking point. Who who are the contenders? Who are the pretenders, E? Who do you like in both conferences? I mean, who has championship aspirations and, and, and are kind of realistic for winning the ship? You know, right now, I really think there's only a few teams that are legit contenders. Number one, I think it's the obvious Los Angeles Lakers. I think if they get Anthony Davis back healthy, that's going to be the team to beat. Obviously, they've been on quite a little skid because he's been injured. So if he's back for the playoffs, you know, I think they're the obvious favorite. I think them, I think the Brooklyn Nets are another favorite. And, you know, I think there's a couple other teams there that can be contenders. Utah Jazz. Can't forget about the Jazz. I know. I don't know. Are they... Are they? I mean, I think I think they are. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how you feel about that. I know they lost back-to-back games going into the All-Star break, but I mean, they have the best point differential in the NBA. Yep. I, I just feel like they're they're clicking on all cylinders. They have just a really well-rounded team, uh, all led by Donovan Mitchell and company. Uh, they just have good bench guys. I mean, you know how big of a guy or big of a fan I am of Jordan Clarkson. Just some of these kind of guys. I, I like the Jazz, and and not to mention one of my other favorite teams, who's currently occupying the number two spot in the Western Conference, the Phoenix Suns. What do you think about the Phoenix Suns, E? Okay, before we talk about the Suns, I want to back up on the Jazz yeah, just sorry, real okay, quick. Hey, I, got, I got a little little ahead of myself there. <laughs> the Jazz. I Man, you know, I think they are just the best regular season Warriors that there are. You know, like I think they're going to probably go into the playoffs, uh, the two or the three seed. I can't imagine they'll hold on to the one, but I guess you never know. Even if they do... I do not think they're contenders. I do not think that they are better than the Lakers. They're not better than the Clippers. They're not better than the Nuggets. And I think those are kind of the big three right now in the Western Conference. You're talking about the Utah Jazz? Yeah, I I do not think that they're better. I think that they would give the Nuggets definitely a run for their money and possibly beat them in a seven-game series. But I definitely do not think that they beat the Clippers or the Lakers. So uh, I, I would honestly put them under the pretenders category for me. And it has nothing to do with Donovan Mitchell, but I think the NBA is just the most predictable league there is. It, it, it is. really, in all of sports, it's the most predictable league there is. And unless you really have a top five player or even two top five players nowadays, you, you probably can't win a a title. You know, I mean, right. look at the Lakers, LeBron and AD. Look, well, look at the Nets. Look at all the top. Yeah, look, look at all the top teams in the NBA: the 76ers, the Nets, the Bucks. The Jazz, the Suns, the Lakers, the Clippers, even the Trailblazers, the Nuggets, all of those teams, those are all of the top teams in the league. Right. And all of those teams have at least one or two superstars that are kind of carrying the team. Right, but out of all of those teams, okay, here, let's talk about the the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Nets, and the Bucks here. Okay, that's five teams. They do not have better stars than any of those five teams. Yeah. They, they do not have better stars than Kyrie, Harden, um, KD, and Blake Griffin. They do not have a better star than Giannis. Um, you know, gosh, I don't even know if they have better stars than they do in Boston. And then let's go over here to the Western Conference Finals, or to the Western Conference. The Lakers, they don't have better stars than LeBron and AD. They don't have better stars than Kawhi and PG. They don't have better stars even than the Warriors, who aren't even in the, in the playoff picture right now. They don't have better stars than the Nuggets. Um, so I don't know. I think they're pretenders, if I'm being fully honest here, about the Utah Jazz. Yeah, the one thing I will say about the Utah Jazz, because I am so high on the Utah Jazz, they play a brand of basketball. I I mean, they're physical. They have length with Rudy Gobert. Obviously, he's he's a multiple defensive or multiple winner of the Defensive Player of the Year award. 
Uh, and, and Mike Connolly, I, I think, you know, he was an all-star this year. I don't, I don't think we should be forgetting that. I think he's been playing a lot better than he did last year, and I think that has led to just the success that the Utah Jazz are experiencing so far this season. So, like I said, yeah, it, currently they're third in points per game, rebounds per game, they're second in the NBA, and they have the fourth best scoring defense, only allowing 107.8 points per game. So, usually, they're a top five offense and defense is pretty much what I'm seeing here. So, I think this is a team that is dangerous. I, I see what you're saying with the whole star power thing. And it's going to be interesting come playoff time to see if they can perform and uh, just kind of be able to overcome the, the obstacles that you're kind of talking about. But I, I think last year's first-round exit to the Nuggets, losing in the fashion and then the way that they did, I think it's going to help them a lot in the postseason. Oh, I'm with you on that. Uh, I think that that series, you know, choking the three to one lead over the Nuggets. I think that really, really pissed off Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, and I, I think he this he's is, on a, he's on a mission. And, and the yeah. whole stuff going on with LeBron. I don't know if you saw this, but LeBron James like didn't choose any Jazz players in the All Star Game draft until the end. And Donovan Mitchell took offense to that, and he pretty much called out LeBron James, saying that. Oh, yeah, we're always disrespected. That's just who we are, the Utah Jazz. See, and I love that. I love that coming from Donovan Mitchell. That's exactly, you know, that's that Mamba mentality, and he's kind of got it, you know. He's got that killer instinct. So I love that, and and I did not mean to bag on, on Donovan Mitchell because he truly is a perennial star in this league nowadays, right. um, and he is incredible, but I just... I don't think they have enough firepower to take down like the Lakers or the Clippers or the Nuggets or or the Bucks or the Nets. That's fair. Um, Until they can do it in the postseason, we'll just you know we'll have to kind of just see what happens. But let's talk about the Phoenix Suns again. What are your thoughts about that team? I mean, they've they've just come out of nowhere. It seems like Chris Paul was just the perfect puzzle piece to that organization. I, I mean, he's just one of those veteran guys who. You know, Phoenix is, is a pretty young team with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. It seems like Chris Paul was just that was that missing puzzle piece. He honestly really was that missing piece. I mean, my gosh, I'm looking at their schedule here. They're 13 and two in their last 15 games, which is just crazy. So the Phoenix Suns are they real contenders to win an NBA title? As much as I want to say yes, I don't believe they are. I do not think they're a real threat to win it all. Do Are they a playoff team? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Do I think they can make some noise in the playoffs? Yes, I do. I think they could absolutely upset a team, you know, when it, when it gets down there. You know, I could totally see them beating a team like the Jazz or the Blazers. Or, you know what, I could even see them beating the Denver Nuggets just because I think they have enough firepower for it. But I honestly just don't think they're real, real contenders. But they're definitely starting to trend that way. It's such a youthful roster. Truly, outside of guys like Crowder and Paul, uh, it's a very youthful roster. You know, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, all of these young players. So, you know, I don't know. I, I think they have a really good mix of veteran leadership with Chris Paul and a good mix with that and the youth. And so, yeah, I think they're definitely a dangerous team, but I don't think that they are contenders. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what. I've always been high on the Phoenix Suns. I, I don't know if you remember this, but kind of back in our preseason rankings of the NBA, we I, I had the Suns finishing fourth in the Western Conference. I had them as a top-four seed. That's how confident I was in Chris Paul uh, just transforming this Phoenix Suns team into a contender. And, yeah, kind of like you said, I, I don't know if they have enough firepower to get past the LeBrons and the Kawhis. I mean, currently they, they are in the same division. 
and currently they're a game up on the Lakers, game and a half up on the Los Angeles Clippers. So, it, yeah, kind of down the stretch here, it's going to be interesting to see if the Suns can hold those teams off and, continu- and continue their good stretch of basketball. But they're tied for third right now in assists per game. I think you got to credit Chris Paul a lot in that department. And then they also have a great defense, too, a top-five defense like the Utah Jazz. They're third in points allowed in, in 107.1 points per game. So I, this is a team that is just playing not only great offensively, but defensively, too. And DeAndre Ayton, I think he's been playing great basketball. Yeah, maybe he's, he's never going to be a Luka-type player. Just because those two players were or are compared a lot just because they were in the same draft. I, I'm not sure if he'll ever be, you know, that future Hall of Famer generational type player that Luka Doncic is. But DeAndre Ayton, he's playing great basketball, and I think he's a really good player for this Phoenix Suns team. He's a good fit. I mean, he's a guy who's going to average 20 points a game, usually averages a, a double-double every game as well. So, I, I mean, it's, it's, he's, he's playing pretty well. Yeah, no, I, I'm totally right there with you. DeAndre Ayton, he's finally starting to blossom. You know, it's come about a year um, later than Suns fans in the organization had hoped, but he's finally here, and he's really starting to produce well. Um, you know, Bridges is producing well. Cam Johnson is a pretty good player. But I think Jay Crowder, he is really important to this yeah, team. I like Jay Crowder. He's another guy like Chris Paul that just has that veteran leadership and is really, really making a difference on this team with those young guys. So, yeah, I really like the Suns. Griff, one team I want to pick your brain about. They had an absolute freak free agent signing here just <laughs> less than a week ago. Just, just um, when we thought the super teams have come and gone and were extinct. This, this stuff happens. Yeah, so the Brooklyn Nets already trading for, um, you know, James Harden recently. And now the Detroit Pistons and Blake Griffin decided to part ways. And Blake Griffin goes and signs a remainder of the year contract with the Brooklyn Nets to, uh, you know, bring him into Brooklyn and have him play that four. I don't know. What do you think, Griff? Well, I, I thought it was interesting. I don't know if you heard this in the news, but it, it pretty much came down to two teams that, that Blake Griffin was deciding between. And it was the Los Angeles Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets. And he, des- and he decided to go with the Nets over the Lakers. Uh, I, I think he... I, I, can't, I can't remember what exactly he said and what he was quoted on, but I, I think he just believes the Nets are a better championship contender, which I thought was kind of interesting because I, I think he would fit perfectly as well with that Lakers team. So... Overall, I, I don't know. Blake Griffin, he's, he's not the player that he once was athletically. I, but the, the thing is with Blake Griffin, though, I, he's developed more to his game than maybe there was 10 years ago. Absolutely. He can handle the ball. Yeah, he can shoot a little bit better now. He's got a pretty respectable jumper that teams kind of have to watch out for. Yeah, I think that's going to be a good fit for the Nets. This is surprisingly a pretty deep roster. I mean, they have some pretty good role players to go along with their superstars and James Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant. And now Blake Griffin. I mean, what if this team was around 10 years ago? That would be incredible. I mean, I mean, the, the four superstar players like that playing on the same team. I know Blake Griffin isn't what he used to be. But just imagine that thought. I mean, that's pretty crazy. I mean, yeah, I still think Blake Griffin is a hell of a basketball player. Yeah. So I, I think he's going to make a huge impact on this team. And, you know, I have publicly criticized the Nets in the past because I didn't really think that their brand of basketball could win. Uh, You know, I think they have too many ball-dominant players. You know, can they really share the ball between Harden, Kyrie, and KD enough? But you know what? I think Blake Griffin, honestly, makes this team 
whole. I, I think he is going to be the Draymond to uh, Golden State. I think he's going to be that glue guy. I really do. Um, I think he's going to be that guy that kind of holds that whole team together. So yes, I think this is a great addition for the Brooklyn Nets, and it's totally changed my perspective on them now. Uh, I think they're kind of the favorites to win it all. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good comparison. Draymond Green, uh, maybe not as good of a passer, but I, I think he can definitely be that kind of a role player that Draymond Green is. Right, and I don't even necessarily mean that as in like he'll yeah. have the same role as Draymond. I just mean that he'll be kind of that glue guy. Right. Because right. truly, on those Warriors teams back in like you know when they were really in their heyday, uh, right before they got Kevin Durant, and even when they had KD, without Draymond on that team, they're definitely not as good. Obviously, he doesn't put up the numbers like Steph or Clay or KD did. Right. But he was really that glue guy that kept that team together and I really think that's what Blake Griffin's going to do now well yeah I mean currently this is where Blake Griffin is kind of sitting right now with his season stats so I mean he's averaging 12.3 points per game 5.2 rebounds and just under four assists so I I think Blake Griffin can kind of be that guy who who averages 18 points a game I don't know if he can be the guy who gets to 20 especially with a just uh, all these players on this Nets team that want the ball and are going to be putting up a lot of volume with their shots. But I think he can definitely be a guy who averages 18 points per game. And a guy who's averaging 18 points per game, add that to a team who's already leading the league in offensive scoring and points scored per game. I think they're at 120 points per game is what they're averaging. So yeah, look out for the Brooklyn Nets here because I think they're easily the favorites in the Eastern Conference. And, I mean, you, you can make the argument that, that the Philadelphia 76ers are having a good season. Maybe even the Bucks are kind of in that contention of winning the East. But I, I think it's the Nets' conference to lose right now with all of the star power and just all of these players. And the way Kyrie Irving is playing, too, I think that needs to be talked about a little, more, a little bit more, too. I mean, he's averaging 27 points per game, six assists per game. I think he's a dark it, horse for the MVP candidate, even though, I mean, well, I, mean I, I know he, he's a weird guy. He only plays once a week, I feel like, yeah. because he's always sitting out and right. stuff. And that has a thing to do with it, too. But if he plays consistently and constantly for the Brooklyn Nets, I, I think he is definitely a dark horse MVP candidate right now. Another team that I think uh, could definitely be a contender, and I could see them knocking out the Nets or the Bucks in the playoffs. That's the Philadelphia 76ers right now. They are playing the best brand of basketball that I have really seen them play at all in recent years. Um, you know, even back when they had Jimmy Butler um, and, you know, those teams, this is the best Sixers team I think we've seen. Uh, you know, yeah. the addition of Seth Curry, I cannot stress how big that was. You know, it kind of honestly was an underrated ad in the uh, offseason, but man, he is really, really producing. Joel Embiid having an MVP season. Uh, Dwight Howard, again, you know, another good add to the bench. Um, I don't know. This Sixers team, definitely kind of scary. All right, E, it's that time of the year. It's pretty much the second best thing to Christmas, and it's March Madness. I think it's the better calendar, than Christmas. Yeah the, yeah, the calendar has turned to March, and we are ready for the first time in two years. Remember, there was no March Madness last season. We haven't had March Madness since 2019. It's oh, been, I remember. That was the saddest was, period of my life, I I was think. in a deep depression. I, I was, too. I was showering with the, with the lights off. I, I was, like, <laughs> listening to... Uh, just like the saddest music you could possibly imagine. Marvin's Room by Drake. Yeah, Marvin's Room. Uh, what are what are some other sad songs? Just uh, I don't know, but yeah. a whole lot of you know sad I mean. music. Yeah. yeah, we just looked up so, sad playlist on. Yeah, we did on Spotify. on Spotify. So 
But hey, now we're listening to happy playlists from Spotify. So March Madness is back. There's a lot of teams in contention right now. Of course, it is conference tournament week. There are teams playing as of now. Uh, some teams trying to, you know, make the case that they do belong in the field of 68. E, what, what, what are some teams maybe that you kind of like going into the tournament? Are there any teams that are threats to make a deep run in this bracket tournament? Yeah, I have a man. This is going to be. There's a lot of teams that I have that are sleepers. Okay, <laughs> I know. Hey, everybody, um, get your uh, March Madness brackets ready. Uh, we're, I'd say we're experts at this. So uh, if you want to have a good bracket, listen up. I, I don't. I don't know if I consider myself an expert. Uh, yeah, I, I lied. Every, I've never won before ever, and it, usually my my brackets busted by round thirty two. Literally every year that I feel, I'm like, man, this is the year. I feel yeah, so confident. I'm feeling that again this year. So you want to be know, ready for a letdown. You want to know the year that I was the most confident? Oh my Which gosh, year? I thought it was. I thought it was solid. I thought I was going to win it all, and it was the year where Michigan State was the two seed. Oh, not, and they just middle Tennessee to play State, Middle Tennessee. <laughs> And I was so I was dude I was so Uh, confident in them all year, and then they blew it and broke my heart on the very first day of March Madness. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They lost in the round of third. Well, no, no, they didn't. They lost. Was it the first? round? I think they lost in the first round. Let's look that up real quick. They did. Let's let's look that up real quick. They did. I remember because I was terrible. I I was so upset. Yeah, yeah. No, you were upset. That was um, yeah. It was the first round. It was the first round. They were a two seed in Middle Tennessee. Yep. Was a fifteen seed. Michigan State was twenty nine and six. They were so good. Yeah. They were so good. They were great, and they just happened to have. I mean, Middle Tennessee was a pretty good team too, but they just happened to have that one bad game. Yeah. One game can just totally change your bracket. Yep. So a team that I really like uh, to you know kind of be a sleeping contender, someone that I can really think could win it all is Houston. I like the Houston Cougars. You know they're playing a really great brand of basketball right now you know they look really good now aside from them i think that they could definitely be a contender there's a couple teams here that i really think are are going to make a lot of noise in the tournament um, but i cannot say that they are threats to win it all first off i think that's oklahoma state they have some of the best athletes in the country they are so overlooked because of the other teams in the big 12 uh you know kansas and texas tech and Texas, Oklahoma, Baylor, obviously, they're really overlooked right now. Oklahoma State, I think, could make a serious run. My last sleeper team here, who I I really have a weird feeling they're going to cause a lot of ruckus. And again, I don't, do not think they're a contender. The Michigan State Spartans. Okay. They're, you they're know, coming on at they, the right time. They had a terrible regular season. They, they went 9-11 and 11 in conference play. Absolutely miserable. Okay, they're the nine seed in the, <laughs> in the Big Ten tournament right now. But they're still in position to get an at-large bid. So they're going to squeak in. But listen to this stat. In their last seven games, they're 5-2, and two, okay? They have big wins over Illinois and Michigan. They've, they're they 2-1 against Michigan this year. 2-1. Yeah. And, and Michigan is a top-four team, and so is Illinois. And they beat them both. And this has all happened in the last two weeks. I think this team is seriously scary and could make some noise. Okay, E, I've got three teams here for you that I think could make some deep runs. Let's start it off with Winthrop. It's the Winthrop Eagles. This team is experienced. I'm, I'm not trying to laugh, because I. but it's Winthrop. They're not in this position very often. But I like Winthrop. They're experienced. Uh, they just won their three Big South tournament games by a combined 77 points. Jeez. So pretty dominant. 
Uh, and, and this is a team that um, I, I think just can is, is, can make a pretty deep run. They're kind of predicted right now as like an 11-12 seed. Uh, so, and I think in recent years past... That, Those 11 seeds are yeah, scary. Yeah, the 12-5 seed matchups and the 11-6 seed matchups. So at times, those are kind of toss-ups. So yeah. you, you get a team like, I don't know, just a, a middle-of-the-pack Power 5 team from the Big 12 or the SEC going up against a conference winner in Winthrop. Tell me that doesn't scream upset. So that's my first team, the Winthrop Eagles. My second team, the Colorado Buffaloes. Okay, this team is also experienced. They're led by probably one of the best point guards in the country in McKinley Wright. Uh, it seems like he's been there for probably five or six years now. Uh, and they're also the best free throw shooting team in the nation. Currently, they have an 83% mark from the stripe, which currently is the best free throw percentage in the country. So I, I think that has to play a huge factor coming into the tournament as well. And that's also a number that I think is all-time rivaling the, one of the best free-throw percentages in the history of college basketball. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah, so I, that's a pretty impressive free-throw percentage there. And, and they play great defense and are, and are just insanely well-coached and also uh, are pretty a pretty good rebounding team too. they got good length. And, you know, whenever you can have a pretty good point guard in the tournament, that can take you a long way. You can make a deep run with a really, really good point guard. Last but not least, and for those of you out there who had this team going far a few years ago, we all remember their, I think they went to the Sweet 16. No, I think they went to the Final Four. I think it was the Elite Eight. Are you sure? Yeah, I I don't think, Let's. I'm going to double check that right now. But that was an incredible run that this team has. And it's Loyola Chicago. Remember the nun or that old lady that was <laughs> yeah. in, yeah, in the crowd cheering them on. She's she can't be there this year, whether she, if she's still alive or not, or if it's just COVID protocol. She's gonna be watching in some sort of fashion. Loyola Chicago is a dangerous team as well. Right now they're kind of predicted as an eight nine seed. So if they do win that first round matchup, they're probably gonna have to go up against a one seed. So they're hoping they can kind of get out of that. Eight nine seed matchup, but I like yeah, Loyola right Chicago. They was the final four. The okay, Ramblers so I stand corrected. I was wrong. Twenty eighteen final. Four. That's why that run was so impressive, though. I, I, it, it that was madness. I remember that and being like, "Holy!" What smokes. seed were they if, that in that year? A few I think years they were ago. like a twelve. Were they a twelve? I know they were a double digit seed. I know for sure. Hold on, but, like, let me look that up. Yeah, so I, I think this year they will have a higher seed, possibly just because of that respect that they had uh, in years past. But Loyola Chicago, that's my third team. And I have a 3B team who they're probably going to come in at, at 14 or 15 seed. They're going to have to knock off maybe a 2 or a 3 seed. Maybe they can sneak into that 12 seed and knock off a 4 seed. It's the Grand Canyon Antelopes. Look out for this team. They also have good length. Two bigs from Europe. Uh, and Alessandro Laver and Asbjorn Mitgard. Two really fun names to say there. And a really good point guard in uh, sophomore Javon Blackshear. Another good point guard. A little fun tip for you guys. If you want to choose a team to go far, pick a team that has good point guard play. I'm telling you, point the point guard position is so important in college basketball. Yeah, I'm going to double down here with you, Griff, on the GCU Antelopes. Uh, you know, call us homers. We do indeed go there. That's but right, we, we have watched them religiously all year. And this is a special team. You know, they have a, a you know a really good forward in Oscar Freyer. And, now, and Mikey yeah. Dixon is starting to come back and be in full force here. Um, so, yeah, Blackshear, Midgard, and Laver. Those are the three guys on this GCU right. team that you need to look at. And, and not to mention, we, we might be getting a little ahead of ourselves because they still have to win the WAC tournament. They are currently in the semis. 
They are slated to play Friday night. Uh, I think they're playing the winner of Seattle U and California Baptist. So they do have to win the conference to make it into the NCAA tournament. But I think they should win it. They should. They're, they should. they're the heavy favorites. They're the champions so. of the WAC. And, you know, it would be a letdown if they didn't. But, hey, that's a team that could cause some, you know, just cause cause a crazy scene in, in, in the world of college basketball here in a couple weeks. I mean, how often is it that you have two big seven-footers? There's not a it's lot. Rare. There's really not a lot of college basketball teams that are going to be able to, to defend that. That's right. I mean, Midgard is truly a great rim protector and a paint protector. He, he's quite a force there inside. So, yeah, look out for the GCU Antelopes. All right, E, any final thoughts from you? Absolutely. Check out our website, showcasesportsmedia.com. We have all kinds of really cool articles uh, dropping on there every day. Some really great NFL draft coverage coming out. We uh, have some NFL free agency signing coverage. Uh, We have baseball articles and basketball articles as well. Check out some of our other podcasts on the website. And lastly, check out our Instagram at Showcase Sports Media. Thank you guys for your support. If you guys enjoy our podcast, go ahead and like and subscribe. And, uh, yeah, that would be great. Thank you guys for listening. That's going to be a wrap. Cheers from Showcase Sports Media. We'll see you next week.